Welcome to the Next Level Faith Podcast. I'm your host, Julianne Kirkland, best-selling author and life coach. Join me each week to learn more about the strategies, tools, and mindset needed to arise from the overwhelm and create a joyful life you love. To learn how you can work with me further or to get your free copy of my book, The Water Walker, check out juliannekirkland.com. Also, be sure to hit that subscribe button so you never miss an episode because the best version of you begins on your next level of faith. Trisha is a speaker, podcaster, and international best-selling author who is passionate about helping others change the way they look at adversity. She's the host of the Out of the Fire podcast, founder of the Together in the Fire program for women, and creator of the Out of the Fire journal series on Amazon. She has walked through her share of hard seasons in her life, but after losing her younger brother to a drug overdose in 2019, her mission became clear to help others walk through the fire so they can get to the other side of whatever they are facing. When she is not attempting to motivate the masses, you can find her on her farm in Georgia with her husband and two little boys chasing chickens, goats, and sunsets. Not necessarily in that order. Hey, hey, welcome back to the Next Level Faith Podcast. I am here with Trisha, and I'm so excited she is here. Y'all, okay, you know how there's just those people that like you click with? That's Trisha. Like she's been kind of like in my sphere, you know, like I see her every now and then on the interwebs. Mm -hmm. Turns out we only live like an hour and a half from each other, (laughs) which is crazy that our awesomeness just hasn't like collided Mm -hmm. because I had my babies in Augusta Mm -hmm. and you live in Augusta. Stop it right now. I will not. I will not stop it. I didn't know that. Yes. Yes. Look at us. I just learned something new. Oh, hi. Mm -hmm. Um, Anyway. And so Trisha had posted, like I was kind of seeing her stuff every now and then, and she had posted her drinking out of this cup that said, um, like drinking a cup of ambition or get you a cup pour of myself a book, mm-hmm, pour yes. myself a cup of ambition, pour yourself a cup of ambition. Yes. And I was like, that's so me. <laughs> I would totally have that cup. And yep. so I uh, reached out to her. We just kind of been chatting back and forth and she is coming to the awake conference, which I'm so excited about, but not only that. She is going to, um, on Saturday, have a chance to share her story with everybody, which I'm very excited about. And here's the cool thing. I don't know much about her story, so I'm really excited to hear it. Um, But we're not going to get into all of that today because you got to come to the conference and you got to hear from her in person because she's amazing. Um, But yeah, uh, yeah, you totally are. It's great. Um, But Trisha, tell us a little bit because- You've also, you're an international best-selling author with Grit and Grace. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That. Um, so talk a little bit about that experience, writing an international best-selling book with um, several other mm-hmm. incredible female authors. Yeah. And then I want to hear a little bit about your journals that you've written because they're mm-hmm. fascinating. So mm-hmm. thank you. Well, I'm so excited to be here. You talk about your people. Um, I was listening to actually an episode of your podcast talking about the people. And I was like, I just need more people, especially women like this in my life. And so enter you commenting on this post. Thank you, internet. And I was like, these are my people. And you just know, I couldn't agree more because it just, you have to align yourself that way. But 
Um, Grit and Grace, being a part of that was um, unexpected. And what I've learned in the past few years is to embrace the unexpected. Yes. Um, I, you know, I also have a podcast, but I, my big thing is fire and out of the fire. And how are the hard parts of our lives building something inside of it? How do we take the external fires that we face and turn them into the passion that fuels us? It became, and you'll learn a little bit about this at the conference, all of the stages I went through. Um, you know, whether it was deployments and death and just drugs in my family, all the things. And so coming through and healing through all of those things, I was like, if we don't tell our stories and tell people about the hard parts and normalize the way we feel about adversity, people mm -hmm. are going to keep suffering in silence. And so I entered back into the business world. I have a background in marketing and sales. And then I was a stay at home mom for a little while. And I came in and I was like, this is what I'm doing. And so it became sharing my story, sharing other people's story. And I began writing my own book. And then I was like, oh, this isn't right. And then enter grit and grace. And I was like, it's time. So it was the perfect alignment of people that were like me that had been through something unthinkable. And then we found the grace in the story. Yeah. And so being a part of that was allowing me one to see that writing was not that hard after all. I love to write, but something about writing a book is like, whoa, whoa. <laughs> But writing a chapter and, and finding healing through that even more so than I had done yes. before was the most empowering thing that I've ever experienced. And so I was like, this is it. But it also part of my chapter um, was part of one of the hardest parts that compelled me to launch the podcast and all of that. So it kind of really was a great launching point because I had already done it, but I had never actually told the story, the way that I did through the book. So it was a really powerful moment to say, it's time to just step into it. Well, during that process, the journals were something I heal again through writing. And so I've always written and I was emptied out a journal and I was going to order another one. And I was like, why don't I just design my own? Like, why am I, yeah. I have gone through so many things. And so started the out of the fire journal series. I have one that she was made to walk through fire. And in each journal, I wrote a letter to the person that I thought would be receiving it from me. So it's like the person walking through fire to the woman that is facing, like has their incredible strength. It is a letter personalized because I wanted all of these to let people know they're not alone. Mm -hmm. So there's a grief journal because I went through that. It's called This Sucks. It's a companion journal through all the seasons of grief. Because when I was grieving, um, when I lost my brother, and I'll tell you more about that later, I had somebody write me a letter that said, this sucks. It's all it said on the front. And I was like, it's the most profound thing because growing up in church and growing up in all, it doesn't matter in those moments, you question everything, you question it all. You have to be raw and real and there's nothing fun about it. And so when I was thinking about people that have lost, especially with COVID and the world, it's like, it sucks. It sucks. We've had to go through it. It sucks. There's nothing else. And so you can tie it up with a bow if you want to and say, I'm sorry if you're lost, but it just sucks. It's a grieving process is messy. So I said, that is something that you need to write it down. You need to scribble. You need to cry. You need to yell. You need to laugh. You need a place to heal. And so there was a um, grief journal. Um, there's a prayer journal because again, well, what would we be without prayer? And right. so I have one that says, you never walk alone. It's got all my scriptures that have gone through all of the things in my life from very young age, all the, the, the foundation scriptures that kind of get me through. And then my favorite, um, I say my favorite is called when in doubt, laugh it out. It is literally... Um, a journal for women who literally, when I am in the fire <laughs> to have your people that look at you and they're like, girl, and they like FaceTime with you in the closet when your kids are going crazy in the other room, 
<laughs> and they send you funny Snapchat filters and you laugh about something. If you can laugh in the midst of a hard time, I'm I can guarantee you can get through it. Yeah. So it is, <clears throat> excuse me. It is literally jokes, funny little like quotes all the way through, you know, one of the quotes inside of it is, um, some say their body's a temple, but mine is a bouncy castle. <laughs> I mean, things like that. That exactly. They just make you laugh and it brings you this joy because in the midst of it all, just write it, send it as a girlfriend gift. It's like, laugh it out because life is just, it's up and down and up and down. If you can find a way to laugh and I found that you can get through anything. It's so, so true. It's so true. And I love, I love your, your, I don't know, theme of life of, of coming out of the fire. Mm -hmm. And I love how you said when I'm in the fire, it's not like when I was in the fire or mm -hmm. like you understand that mm -hmm. as long as you're alive, yeah. you're going to go yeah. through fire. Yes. Yes. It's and I think so people hard. are so like, they think it's not going to happen to them. Yeah. And then when it does, they don't have an action plan. And so it's like, I have gone through these over and over where I was no stranger to a curveball over and over and over. And I'm like, oh, here we go again. And I learned how to adapt. Some people aren't, I mean, I'm happy for them that they're not in that situation. But I was like, if I could give people tools to walk through fire, whatever that looks like, if it's just one moment of decision that you decide to get up again, that was it. So I wasn't trying to change their whole perspective, but it was giving them reminding them of the strength they have inside to stand back up. That's it. Because at that moment, I feel like, um, you know, that's where I feel like God meets people in that moment. And they might, whether if they know it's God or not, that's where he meets them. When they say I'm standing back up to believe in that thing inside of them. And so after watching more destruction in my world than I can count, I was like, it's time to give people the tools to stand up again so that they don't numb it, run away from it. Cause we don't like fire. So we're like, nah, forget it. Let's avoid it at all costs, but right. you can't, I mean, at some right. point or another, it gets too hot and you have to, you have to deal with it. So right. that was my goal. And it is literally just a series of learning and then I plan it. And then God has a different plan. And then I'm like, trick you. And I'm going to do, I'm going to do it this way. And so, God's like, Oh wait, no, we're going to do it this way. And you're like, Oh, Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> well, and I was going to launch the journals before grit and grace. And that was a different plan. And I'm like, okay, whenever you're ready, Lord, I'll be ready for it. Right. And so it just, became this thing that just has come out and I've loved it because, um, people are sharing their stories with me and they're like, Trisha, I'm going through this really unthinkable thing. And I bought this to document my journey. And when I prayed about these journals, I said, I wanted people to look on their shelf and go, I remember when I walked through fire and they can go back through and remind themselves because if we forget the strength we had in a situation. Yeah. So if you can go back and look and go, dang, I did that. I forgot I did that. Then you can go, I can do it again. And so that was kind of my goal with all of the things I do is to give somebody that hope for one more, one more day, one more step, whatever that takes. And that's so important to have that reminder because we think it's like childbirth. You think, oh, there's no way I'll ever forget this pain. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then two years later, you're like, I mean, it wasn't that bad. Yeah, no, it was that bad. <laughs> it was that bad. It was that and bad. I, I only had one okay at a time. So I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Because I, I sit here and I thought about you and I was like, no, no. Because uh -uh, my husband deployed when my son was very small and I had an almost two year old and an infant. And I was like, oh, I might not survive and then enter four. Mm -mm, nope. Oh, no. no, it's. And that's the thing I've also learned though is like, and I talk about it in, in my book, which I'm actually about to relaunch. It's called a rise and shine. It was originally called the water Walker, but like people had a really hard time understanding what that was. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. I was like, you know what? It's all about arising and shining. And, yeah. um, so I, I updated it and I've extended it and I'm about to uh, re-release it 
but um now i totally forgot what i was talking about because i was all excited about arise and shine and i started thinking about the pretty cover of it what were we talking about the water was going through (laughs) where you were going to go with it the you were talking about being oh there it is all right so i was like what did i say i don't know i was in flow and i was like i i don't know i talked something out of my heart and i'm like what did i say a podcast (laughs) people this is the imperfect doing a podcast for you other imperfect people (laughs) people if your audience doesn't know they don't have a they probably don't have children because your brain brain cells die sometimes they really (laughs) do they just go away they say energy never disappears unless it's a brain cell and then yeah somewhere but I talk about how you really can't compare your level of heart to somebody else's heart Mm -hmm. you know what I mean like Mm -hmm. when I had my first son I was like this is so hard. I, uh-huh. I would get to the top of the stairs because we were in a house that all the like living quarters were upstairs. Uh-huh. And that, that just made it sound like a mansion, the living quarters. Yeah, the living um, quarters. And then everything else was downstairs, living room, kitchen, all that stuff. Uh-huh. And so I remember getting Campbell out of his crib in the morning uh-huh. and walking to the top of the stairs. It was like the first morning home. Uh-huh. And I called my husband. I'm like, okay, I'm about to walk down the stairs with the baby. <laughs> I'll call you right back. If you don't hear from me, come home or call 911. <laughs> so true. It's so true. You have, they say, here's the baby, figure it out. You're like, what? I, Will I break it? I don't know. <laughs> and then I remember thinking when I was pregnant with him, like, how do people have twins? There's no room. There's no way it fits. And then, you know, I ended up having four at one time. And so you just stretch, you just do, but mm-hmm. there's no, there's no comparison. You know, it's like, what? what your heart is hard for you. Like you had a deployed husband. You, you did it alone. Mm-hmm. That's freaking hard. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that, that's right. the thing. It's like, they're not, they're different. They're different. It's like, people ask me, well, is it easier now to have six kids? I'm like, frick, no, it's a different kind of hard. <laughs> yeah. It's different, but new level. It's a new level of hard. There's a, there's a different kind of hard. It's not well, and that's, hard. That's what people always, how do you do it? How do you do it? And you're like, you know, it wasn't all at once. I mean, you know, this is where I like thank my dad that he was not present because I learned a lot about being on our own. And then I had a husband. I'm like, well, see, look at that. I was prepared, but people, you know, their husband leaves for two weeks. I'm like, I feel like that's way harder than a six month deployment because at least for a six month deployment, I mentally prepare. We like plan, we have a plan of action two weeks. You just assume you're going to go through your routine, but you don't. And then it hits the fan and you're not prepared for it. So it's all, um, I saw a quote that said, um, just because it looks, just because she carries it well, doesn't mean the load it's is not heavy. heavy. It's yes. Heavy. Yeah. Ah. It was so, it was so powerful. And I was like, that's so true because we are built, like I have been through a lot of things. So I might be able to carry different levels of stress. It, so don't be like, Oh, I could never. Yeah. You could, if you needed to, if your husband was like, please, this is my dream. And this is what I want to do. And this is for our country. You'd be like, Okay. Okay. (laughs) So, you know, I mean, I agree with you, you know, you can't compare and that's the worst is because you think because you're not carrying it the same way they would that you're failing. And that's just not the case. That's right. That's right. And Trisha is also a boy mom. I don't think we Mm. mentioned that. We mentioned Mm -hmm. she has kids, but we didn't mention she's a boy mom. Yeah. So for all you other boy moms out there, (laughs) you're just like nodding your head. I can see you listening when and nodding you, ahead. <laughs> when you said your book was called the water walker all i could think of my son learned about the basilisk lizard they called <laughs> it the jesus lizard and i was like i'm not going to tell her that but she would appreciate that i'm a boy mom and that i know that <laughs> I 
I was like, note, I am a boy mom. Yes. So I love this water walker. Oh, the lizard that walks on water too. Like, you know, it's forever now called the Jesus lizard. Just for mm -hmm. people out there listening. (laughs) Yeah. That's what my my son tells me, mama, this was the Jesus lizard. I said, absolutely. So anyhow, it is a fun life and never a dull moment. Yeah. Never a dull moment. I love that. And you talked about how in, in writing both your journals and grit and grace, how it was this new level of healing for you. And I found the mm-hmm. same exact experience is like, it's this cathartic level of healing. Mm-hmm. Like you think mm-hmm. you're o- over it. I'm doing that in quotations, mm-hmm. people, you can't yeah. see me, but you think you're over it. Mm-hmm. And then you start writing about it and you're like, Oh, there's yeah. a lot of junk still in there that hadn't been yeah. cleaned up yet. Yeah. Well, and you have to feel, you have to bring your back yourself back to the place, the yeah. depths of, and I was writing about grief. I mean, you know, it was called finding the grace in my grief. And I had to relive in order to tell the story. Well, I had to relive those emotions and yeah. to rewrite them, to experience myself, seeing it again and going back through the conversations. It was like, yes, I've been through it. Yes. I understand now, but then to relive it, that was totally yeah. different. And I, I, going through that again and having that power to tell that story. I was like, Oh my, even finding quotes, like I'm not a guided journal kind of a person. So I wanted snippets of quotes that would inspire and kind of provoke thought, but not take up all the pages. Cause I'm weird that way. So, but even finding the quotes and remembering when I walked through fire, that depth of pain that I felt, what was something that inspired me to get back up and finding those, I was very intentional about the quotes I put in there. And I was like, God, I had to like feel the nasty again. And then you think, oh, it's just a journal. I'll pop it out real quick. No, I wanted, right. I wanted to put myself in their shoes in order to do that. You have to, you know, put yourself back there. But in doing so, I felt so, I, I fell back in love with the people reading it. You know, like I, I literally, it wasn't even about journals or anything. It was about these people going through it. And I was like, let me pray over these journals so that they have them yeah. in that moment, that raw moment. So I just see them. So it just is it was a really cool thing to experience. So I think, you know, one of the biggest fears in humanity, and I think it comes from way back when, you know, is Mm -hmm. that we're alone. And I mean, that's, that's what the enemy does is he's going to discourage you and isolate you. Yep. Cause then you're not a threat anymore. That's exactly like, that's why you won't be able to see it. But anyway, it's called, you never walk alone. It's true. You never walk alone. That is all I wanted. And so like, why are you writing a letter? I was like, because when they open the journal, it'll say a letter from me explaining how I feel, whatever. And they'll know one person went through what they went through. And that was it. And I was like, I can't just have a journal without me saying something to them. So if they pick it up on Amazon somewhere and they're sitting at 2 a.m. and they start writing in it, oh, Trisha went through this too. It's one person. And then you're like, okay, I might be able to do it. So that's the hope. I mean, things work out, but you know, it's, if you know, you're not alone, it's way easier. It really is. And the thing I love about Trisha y'all is that it's like, she's out of the fire, right? So it's like, just envision this with me. She comes out of the fire. I'm such a visual person, but and she's like brushing the ash off her shoulders to turn around and see who else now she can go back into the fire and help get them out, (laughs) you know? And those kind of people are so rare. And I think that's why you are so magnetic mm-hmm. when you talk to people because you are authentic. Mm-hmm. You're not it's like, real. I'm just going to pretend that everything's mm-hmm. great. And I'm going to mm-hmm. pretend this and, oh, this person's doing it this way. So I'm going to do it this way. You're like, mm-hmm. no, I'm going to show up as real authentic Trisha. And mm-hmm. you know what? That's where power comes from. That's where God really gets to shine through us. Mm-hmm. Like he made you special. 
don't want you showing up as somebody else. Right. We know it's funny, the discovery process of this when I was in business coaching and they were like, you should do this and you should do that. And your background in marketing, because I talk this long blonde hair and I'm like, hey, everybody, I'm so bubbly. Sell this and sell that. And the more that I tried to do that, I was like, it was the people that I was in love with. The reason I went into marketing is because it's the people part of the business. It's it's engaging with them. It's understanding what they really need and really getting and serving them on that level. And I went to look at the themes and I was like, I superficially there's systems you can you can learn all that but you can't to teach the art of connection and communication is where my passion and I was like seeing to the heart so people might say Trisha I need this for my business but then you look at them you're like okay what do we really need here and that is where I fell in love and I was like and everybody thought I was crazy and I'm like I know it might not make sense and there might not be a model like it but I can't walk away from it because it's what makes me come alive and that's it and there's another quote thank you you can see the theme it's like what the world needs is people who have come alive, like find what makes you come alive and go do it. And that was it. You know, after losing my brother, I said, not another day. We'll let somebody suffer alone thinking that they have nobody else. So here we are. So powerful. You know, not just one journal, but four. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh I've got a lot to say. <laughs> I've got a lot of people to help. Well, you know, it's all different seasons. I was, yeah. when I went through each one, I was like, the laughter was a big piece. The prayer was a big piece, but just something else. It's just, it was the full picture. It was the whole thing. And I was like, okay, I know that's a lot, but who cares? Like, yeah. it'll be for some people. It won't be for some. And I stopped asking permission and, and I, more that I found tapping into those things I needed is what I tried to create. And so, because I've been there, I mean, I'm not lying. I'm like, I, I know it works. So whoever needs it, somebody out there will need it, but right. Right. And you, and Trisha's been like, you just did a confidence boot camp. Yeah. Talk about yes. that a little bit. And that um, was an in-person one. Like we're all about getting back in person people. We need yes. each other. <laughs> well, and, uh, and, and this is like the year of in-person. That was my, I literally this year, I was like, this is the year I spent last year creating and connecting, but it wasn't in person. And so I had created a bunch of tools essentially that I used through some of the programs that you are very familiar with. I had created tools. Um, I have an adapt and overcome method. The confidence tool is my favorite because it's a way to just get confidence really quickly. And I started working with people and one of my girlfriends approached, she was like, you need to teach these in person. And I was like, heck yes, let's go. And we decided to make it for women. We said 10 years old was the cutoff. So moms could bring their daughters because there's so many women that reached out. I was like, can I bring my daughter? She needs this. Can I bring my daughter? She needs this. And we had ages from, it was actually nine to like over 50. And so we'll just leave her over 50. However, over 50, it doesn't matter. But there were these women and we challenged the way they thought about confidence because people think because I was wearing hot pink and I'm bubbly and speaking from a microphone that I was confident. And that's not the case. I was like, actually, I taught that workshop differently than I've ever taught a confidence workshop ever. And I'm very familiar with it, but it was like, God wanted me to tell it differently. And so we started talking about what clogs us and holds us back. And these women and daughters and young girls were writing in these journals that I passed out. I am brave. I am kind. I am and daring to believe those things inside of them that they had not before. And so I, I was humbled and excited because what I realized in one little short hour, we have to be reminded that the confidence is of the inner strength, the quiet inner strength, mm. knowing that you're capable and you don't get confident until you do it over and over and over again. Yeah. So it comes in the repetition. So you're not confident the first time, but you have to believe in yourself. And so we challenged what it was that we believed in ourselves. Like, what are the things that you truly, do you believe you're too shy or do you believe that you are kind, or you actually love to be behind the scenes because you get to create the experience. And so shy is one thing, and it seems kind of negative, but I love to be behind the scenes. 
is a different dynamic. And so, oh, totally. you know, we expressed that we did that. I had testimonies from people who a girl ran out crying and I was like, Oh my gosh, I, are you okay? And, um, message back that she, there was a talent scout coming to the area and she wanted to go try out for this dance company. And she, it was her dream her whole life. She's got finally going to do it. And it was like taking a step to dare to believe in themselves, you know, young girls writing. I love my family and I can love everyone. I'm kind. And I'm like, they just, just to drop in the bucket. And so it's my passion. I love, love, especially women to, yeah. to see that even the 50 plus they're like, man, I really needed this. Cause I feel like God's calling me to creativity. And I just was scared to step into it, but I feel like I really should. And I'm like, you should, you know, and it's like, just to dare to believe in that quiet voice. And I think we don't think that's confidence, but it's really them saying, that's really what makes you come alive, but people are afraid to listen to it. Yeah. So it was an amazing workshop and I'm like, let's do another one. Let's keep going. And so yes. I just, you know, watching women step into their power is just, mm, it's my favorite. It is. It's so exciting. And um, something I talk about a lot is how, you know, once you receive that, that revelation from God, that dream, that inspiration, that God breathed wisdom, that God breathed vision, right? Uh-huh. and and you don't activate that you don't follow through on that uh-huh. well that's that's insubordination you know like that's uh-huh. saying oh no god you're wrong about me and yeah. it's like if you break that down really simply uh-huh. it's ridiculous it's yeah. ridiculous to be like yeah. oh god that created the universe <laughs> that was all sorry you picked the wrong girl <laughs> i'm pretty sure you're not right about me <laughs> you know it's almost this like sense of pride like this yeah. weird mutated yeah. pride that we've developed in ourselves this oh it can't be me it's like we're we're downgrading ourselves so much that yeah. it's a way to like puff ourselves up in a way you know like yeah. to not have to yeah. step into being called yeah. higher we do that in my, I have a, it's called together in the fire program, um, is like, is a, is a six session, six week program where we literally go through like, because I realized I was holding myself back. It wasn't what God said about me. And I, I believed it. I grew up in church and I'm like, yeah, I believe it and all these things. Right. And I have this purpose. But then I was like, what is it that I believed that was limiting me? And I was like, oh shoot. And I realized there was a gap between what I was being raised with. And I love the church. I love Bibles, I love all of it, but I was not given the tools to uncover what I was believing. Yeah. So then I spent this discovery was like, how do we do this? How do we get people to do that? And then I started working with women in that were within the church. And it was like, wow, people believe what the Bible said, but then for some reason there's a detachment on yeah. it can be for me too. Yes. So if we get through that, yeah. then you can receive it totally. And he's like, cool. I've been, she's like, I've been staying here all along, you know, right. I mean, about this time. I'm in right. out of, <laughs> yep. You put the, you put yourself in this steel box and I never asked you to be there. So in order to hear from him, you have to remove the box yourself. He's like, I've, I'll give you everything. Yes. But if you built a wall, I can't do anything about it. He's not going to take the wall down. So right. Right. basically give people the tools to take the wall down and dare to believe what that, what he's trying to tell you on the inside. Right. Like, are you this, are you that, you know? And, and I think it's scary uh, because when you tap into what you really love, the resistance, the thing you feel that's like, I could never, oh my gosh, we shut it out because it's uncomfortable because it's new and it's scary, yeah. pushes us out of our comfort zone. And so right. people then suppress it and go back to their day-to-day life. And I think that just won't do. Well, like I was saying earlier with that, your cup of ambition, you know, is I was so attracted to that because ambition as, as far as I've grown up in the mm-hmm. world and society, being a woman who's ambitious is almost frowned upon, especially yeah. in the church. 
mm-hmm. it's true mm-hmm. it's like oh no no mm-hmm. i'm like no that's from yeah. god yeah i mean yep. he is looking for people he yep. can trust mm-hmm. and if you have that ambition growing inside of you that dream that passion mm-hmm. that desire y'all yep. if you've been through the fire maybe yep. you're in it now it's for a reason. And I, yes. I understand that when you're sitting in that fire, you're like, I don't want to be here. Nobody yeah. wants to be in the fire. No, no but it's not. It's going to go yeah. through it anyway. Mm-hmm. Might as well come out of it on the other side mm-hmm. better. Yep. And might as well help somebody else. And that's what Trisha has done. And it's a beautiful thing. Mm-hmm. So, okay. One of the questions I ask everybody is um, so often in the Bible, you know, God is talking about all these terrible things that are happening, right? Mm-hmm. Famine, this drought, yeah, yeah. blah, 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 blah. And then there's the next sentence that says, but God, and it's like, bam, and how he turns it around. Mm-hmm. And so Trisha, what is one of the most impactful, but God moments in your life? There's not just one. There's too many, there's too many to count. It is literally, and I mean, at every turn, I, you know, like from an, alcoholic father, losing my brother to drugs, 14 deployments. It was like, I should be somebody different, but Mm -hmm. God, I am the only person in my family that put herself to school first. I literally moved everything about my life. You can learn more about it at the conference is should not be the case. If you look on paper at everything that is, is happening and my little farm and married to this man, even being married this long, like the divorce and alcoholism and drugs, all of it running my family, but God at every turn, when we didn't have enough money as growing up, we prayed over our pantry and God showed up with food. I mean, it was literally like people showed up with food from the church. I mean, whenever my husband wasn't supposed to come home, Lord have mercy last year from Afghanistan, he was stuck, but God made a way. It was literally, it is my whole life. He is the X factor. I heard a sermon recently where it's like the X factor, the one thing that I know that I, at the end of the day, it's my foundation. So it's, it's literally, it's, I, there's more times. It's not just one. It is every season of fire that I've been through. He brought me through on something that was like, there's no way this is going to work. And then it worked. And I'm like, Oh, she, the land that I sit on, mm. <laughs> but God, it wasn't for sale. It was like, literally we walked in for like 10 acres. It was all this stuff. We were like, there's no way. And, but God, and it just, my whole life is a, but God. And I, I say that because there's no way I could have survived without him. There's just no way. So mm, I love that so much. And I don't know if y'all caught it, but I got Holy Spirit goosebumps. The mm-hmm. when she was like, I should, I should, I should, I should. Mm-hmm. And it's so important to stop shooting on yourselves. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Like it is holding you back more than you could ever imagine. Mm-hmm. Is to to take what the world is saying is acceptable. What the world is saying is going mm-hmm. to move you forward. What the world is saying is the right thing. And if you're focused on that, and I should be this, I should be this, I should be this, you are missing out on who God is evolving you to become. Mm-hmm. It mm-hmm. is so much higher than mm-hmm. anything the world is saying you should be. Mm-hmm. All right. That's from the Holy Spirit right there, people. There you go. It's so good. It's so good. I talk about the power of a vision. It's like, if you have a, a vision then you're not affected by circumstance and it's yeah. seeing something. And that's where I think, especially where you like that you trust what God is showing you. And then you take steps forward to that. All the rest of it might burn up, but you see where you're going. And I think it's so important to have that because you should be all these places, but absolutely not. I should be way up there where he's calling me to, but, um, yeah, girl. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Yeah. All right. We're going to do a speed round. Are you ready? 
I didn't prep her for this either. All right. (laughs) So the speed round, you just answer as quick as you can. Just that's how it works. Okay. It's not, I'm not going to ask anything like weird. Maybe I'll do do, do my best. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Favorite food, tacos or pizza? Pizza. Oh, favorite day of the week. Oh yeah. I was going to say, I was going to say tacos, but it's all pizza. I love all pizza. (laughs) Maybe taco pizza. Let's combine them. You ever had a taco pizza? It's actually I haven't, but now I might try mm-hmm. one. You should. Anyway, I'm just saying. Uh, favorite day of the week? Monday. <laughs> <laughs> she was like, yeah, I know you can't see your face, but she was like, holy <laughs> I was really, really trying to well, think about it. <laughs> I literally, in that split second, came up with a reason I like every day of the week. Eternal <laughs> optimist over here. Well, I like Monday because I like Tuesday because I like Wednesday. But lately, <laughs> lately I've loved Monday because it is, my husband is home and we're adjusting to real life and my weekends are like, ha. Ah! And so Monday I'm like, what was I doing with life? I get to like yeah. reset and, and then Sundays are really great, but I get to like re-intentionalize everything. And so I've really loved Mondays lately. So I love a Monday. And I think mm-hmm. I've seen such a difference in, especially entrepreneurial, ambitious women, mm-hmm. in their view on a Monday versus the nine to fivers view of a Monday. You know what I mean? Like I'm excited to get back to my work. Yeah. Cause I, at weekend, a mama and wife and everything and farm and all the things and all the things. So Monday, I'm like, Oh no, we back in the, we were going to record. We're going to write. And I I love that side of myself that I get to get back to. Yeah. Mm, Me too. Okay. Beach or mountains. I can't speed I'm, 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 I'm 50, I'm 50, 50, because both of them, uh, that's like literally the beach has got the epic sunsets and that ties me to my brother. You'll hear about that at the conference. Um, and mountains where I feel closest to Jesus. So it depends on the time of the year. I'm a Georgia girl. So, yeah. I mean, I know. our mountains are really not mountains. Okay. So it's like, true. I, you know, like, they're like lumps. <laughs> I split my year 50, 50. Okay. So that's awesome. That's awesome. All right. What is something on your bucket list? A place to go on your bucket list? Uh, Greece. Girl, me too. Let's go to Greece. No, let's do it. Done. Check. Found my partner. I literally oh. just showed showed my son. We Chris and I are gonna plan a retreat to Greece. So yep. I'm just saying, come hang with us. It'll be amazing. We're gonna walk in Jesus's footsteps. It'll be. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. Oh, so cool. Um, okay. What is your favorite book of the Bible? Oh my gosh. Don't, uh, I'm, I'm right now I'm studying Elijah and I honestly have never been in Kings and all, but there is so much power in the, oh, these, like this, this part, um, of the Bible that I'm loving. So yeah. I'm not all the way through all of it again, but it is reignited in something that I was like, Oh my God, let's just stick with all these other ones. And now I'm just, it's getting raw and real. And yeah. I love it. So right now I'm going to say the Kings second Kings chapters. Yeah. Those mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. It's so funny because that's, that was like my confirmation about my entrepreneurial spirit mm-hmm. is when there's the woman with the oil, you know, mm-hmm. who goes to Elisha mm-hmm. and, and says like, Hey, these, these debtors are going to come take my kids. And this is all I have. And because I owe them mm-hmm. money, mm-hmm. he's like, what do you want me to do about it? Yeah. You know, like she's going to this prophet who solves all these problems. Yeah. Like, help me. And he's like, what do you want me to do about it? What do you have? And she's like, well, I got some oil. Mm-hmm. But like, cool. All right. Go borrow some jars and put like, allow God to multiply. Then you mm-hmm. sell it. And then you live off the overflow. And just that, like, oh yeah. Yeah. You know, like, oh God, 
if he has given you a dream, a passion in your heart, he is going to resource that mission. Oh my gosh. Yes. You know, it. He now he's not going to say like, okay, choose door A. Okay, choose door B. Okay, choose right. this. You need to go this way. He's going to give you opportunities. He's going to put mm-hmm. people in your life. Mm-hmm. But precious, you got to wake up. You yeah. know what I mean? Like you yeah. have to see it. You have to yeah. be willing. And mm-hmm. that was one of the biggest things for me in my journey was like, because I'm, I'm an Enneagram eight, I'm a challenger. And so I'm like, I'm going to just do it myself. I can, I had four babies. I can take over the world. I can do do anything. I can do anything. I potty trained four babies. Okay. Um, Mm -hmm. And so I had this like arrogance about me. I can say that that was like, I'm, I'm going to no, I'm going to do this. Like God put it in my heart. I'm going to do it. But until I was willing to release that self-reliance that I had, I mean, you have to have a little bit of it to keep going, but, and that belief in yourself, but to really embrace the people that God was putting in my life saying like, oh, hey, check out this blind spot. Oh, hey, check out this blind spot that you have. Mm -hmm. And that's where like coaching and being in groups of women and Mm -hmm. authentically encouraging other women Whereas before I'd be like, I can do it better. <laughs> you yeah, know, like right, I just had right. that, that challenger part of me, that competition, right. even yeah. though we weren't even in the same game. I was like, but I could do it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know? Oh my gosh. Well, it's funny. I'm studying Elijah, but the study I'm doing with Priscilla shower is called faith and fire. Okay. So obviously you can tell why I'm in love with that, but it's like, we want the fire and call it down. And we're so amazing. This is my faith. And it's amazing, but you don't want to go through what he went through. Like you realize there were some things and that part of it that you have to like build your faith. And like last year was that year for me. I was like, ah, because the same thing where I was actually removed, I was in all these groups and all these things. And I, we had to back off, make some really hard decisions. And I was like, oh my gosh, God, I can't do it without people. And he really challenged like some things inside of me and literally starting to bring people back in my life where I was like, but I can't do it. I don't know if I'm gonna do it. But he, he kind of tapped into something like, well, what do you have? Like, what are these right. ideas? Because I'm a people person. Like, yes, let's get all these ideas and I will feel yours and yours and yours and yours and everybody's but mine. Right. So he like, it was almost like I got removed. And so it's funny how he just takes us on these journeys unique to our personalities and says, hey, maybe you need people. But then it's like, Hey, Trisha, at what point are you going to stand up for yourself? Yeah. I'm giving you a dream. Stop. You're supporting everybody. And that's incredible. But what about the gifts I'm giving you at the moment? And I'm like, okay, I'm sorry. Okay, Laura. My bad. I see you. (laughs) It's so true. It's so true. All right, Trisha, what is for the woman that is listening right now Mm -hmm. and is just in the little glimpses of your fire that you've talked about? And she's like, wow, I can so relate. I'm, I'm in the fire right now. Mm-hmm. And we, we both agree that it sucks. So it sucks. Mm-hmm. we hear you, it sucks. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What is one practical thing that you can give her right now that she can do right now to start to take the next step? Just get up, take one step, just pick one step. The easiest one, sometimes it's to sit up. I've had days where I did not want to get out of bed and I was like, forget this, I cannot. So I got up and I made my bed. And sometimes it is the only strength you have until you get the strength for the next step. Mm. Some days it's a lot, it's bigger. You're like, oh, I'm going to do all these calls, whatever. And I just need a nap. You just need to acknowledge that sometimes one step, as long as you don't stop. 
If you need to cry, cry, but get back up. That's all I ask. And, and that's what I tell everybody is that the fire is hot and it's different for everybody, yeah. depending on what it is that you're going through, but get back up. If you need a minute to grieve, if you need a minute to cry it out on the kitchen floor, I've been there, I get it, but stand back up. That's all, that's it. And then if you need another one 15 minutes later, take it. But as long as you're still inching forward, moving forward, you will get through the fire. You'll get through it as long as you don't stop. That's so good, that's so good. Trisha, thank you so much for joining me today oh, and pleasure. just pouring into our audience. It's so amazing. And I want you all to remember that the best version of you begins on your next level of faith. Bye for now.